Welcome all of you fellow arcanists out there to the Frith Guild podcast where we explore the amazing world full of mystical creatures and their partners. My name is Eric and I'll be your guide along this journey through pirate infested waters. So you better strap on your swords and get ready to defend the seas from evildoers. I'll be talking all things mystical creatures and swashbuckling tales throughout this series. If you have not caught up to the chapters being discussed today, I urge you to hit the pause button to read to catch up. I will be here when you get back. I'll be avoiding spoilers throughout the reading and encourage everyone to send me your thoughts and comments on the chapters and your favorite moments and creatures within. Alas, it is now time to set sail and begin our voyage across the seas. Alright, we're going to begin chapter 25 where we left off at, and that is where Vulcan Company discovered that Ruma is really up to something, and there is some solid proof of it now. They make a plan to have some someone get hurt. They make a plan to have someone get hurt enough to need to stop so that they can get a better tactical advantage should things turn ugly. Chapter 26. Zaxus and Ilya are adamant about Chapter 26 Zaxus and Ilya are adamant about starting a fight on the open water with a master arcanist that can specifically control the ocean, tides, wind, lightning, and ice. Thankfully, clearer minds prevail and come up with the plan of having Hexa get bit by her hydra to poison her. This almost works, but Ruma is very intent on making it to the Isle of Luna, which so happens to be the place that he got married. Ruma and Zelfri head to the mainland and tell everyone to wait on the High Riser until dawn, because it would take several hours to get the apothecary. How big is this isle? Well, after a couple hours, they say screw it and leave anyways. The crew doesn't seem too happy about it, but what do they know? Next, they need to get past the great big water snack. Well, Rizzles are good for something after all. Ilya and Nicolin are going to lure Decimus away while the rest get to shore in a dinghy and, to an amazement, it actually works. Luther is keeping Volk safe this time or die trying as they merge as one and will have to live or die as one. What's that sound in Volk's head? It's Luther, as they can telepathically communicate. Also, when did they get so bright out? Oh, wait. That is just how Luther sees normally. Chapter 27. We should probably check on Ilya and Nicolin to make sure that they survived all right, trying to get away from the Leviathan. Looks like the only thing in town that isn't destroyed in the lighthouse that is somehow still working. Looks like the only thing in this town that isn't destroyed is the lighthouse that is somehow still working. Hmm. Immediately hear organ music playing inside the destroyed cathedral that Ruma got married in. Well, that's just me relieving my ocarina of time nostalgia. This time, instead of a princess trying to escape, it's a zombie laying on the floor. Are there zombies in this series? It's none other than Acantha Ruma. Still somehow alive, even though she's supposed to, be, to have died a long time ago. Ready? Fight! Chapter 28, Zelfry comes back from the dead and traces as the Leviathan now, fighting Decimus, and there is a perfect phoenix 
that is bonded with Acantha coming at us from the lighthouse. Zelfry is battling at a disadvantage as his arm is busted up and can't quite get the upper hand, all pun intended. Volk goes after Falvala, the phoenix, and expertly kills it, killing Acantha and Gregory's will to live. If this were a D&D party, Zaxxus would totally be the cleric. He goes around healing everyone while Volk tries to tank everyone and Zelfry is just going straight mage. Finish him! Volk and co. get a well-deserved pat on the back for a job well done and some time to rest and recover as they leave are leaving on gentle. Guildmaster Eventide has actually been wanting to put together a task force, a specialized unit to hunt down the Arcane Plague. Oh, and since Zelfry had to finish him, he gets all of Ruma's apprentices as a consolation prize. But only if he's willing to take them on. JK, Guildmaster Eventide is making him take them all on as we fade to black. Alright, let's get into it with chapter 26. In chapter 26, we got to come up with a plan to... Uh, that's not actually going to lead us to all die. Zaxxus and Ilya both, and, and this is something that sort of surprises me, sort of doesn't, but they're both like, hey, let's take out Ruma right now in the middle of the ocean where he can actually beat the crap out of us. He has home field advantage here. Not to mention, we're on his ship. Like, I under Ilya hates pirates. I really do. But we gotta use some tactical advantage here. We can't just go in and blaze, you know, blazes rolling. We gotta think through things, okay? They they do come up with a solid plan on how to to get past this because they're like, hey, we're we're gonna make them have to dock somewhere else, not at, you know where they're intending to go. So. They're like, okay, well, we're just going to have somebody get sick or hurt just bad enough that we have to stop somewhere. And this is where I give Hexa a lot of credit because she's like, hey, I'll take this. I got it. And she actually has her Hydra bite her. And one thing that I kept thinking about when I was reading this section was Zaxxus can't really heal poisons. He's he's good at physical he, uh, injuries and all that, but not really so much for physical or for poison injuries. So, cause, cause I kept thinking about it like, well, but why didn't Zelfry just turn into a Phoenix Arcanist and heal them both, you know, heal her up or whatever. Obviously Zelfry wanted to leave as well. So it makes sense that he doesn't just want to heal her, but nonetheless, you still want to heal your you know, apprentice, whether or not, you know, life, life or death here. But as Ruma and Zelfri are made aware of this, then Zaxxus does start to begin healing her. And, and this is where I, I really view Zaxxus, at least in the first few books in the series, as just a cleric uh, throughout this, the first couple of books, just because that's his job. His job is to heal people. He has the ability to fight, and he certainly does. He's certainly ruthless and you know relentless, very driven, great, awesome attitude. But the dude heals like no other. Like, he is a perfect cleric. And those that play D&D, please let me know what you guys think. Am I am I onto something here? Am I not? Like, I, 
I, I, I think he looks like a pretty decent cleric. Maybe, maybe I guess more like a paladin. I don't know. All right. So Ruma is absolutely dead set adamant that they are going to go to the Isle of Luna. That's it. That's end of story. We're not going to change his mind at all. That's just how it's going to be. Isle of Luna is where we're going. Zelfry is fighting him tooth and deck on the dock, uh, trying to get him to dock somewhere so that they can actually get her treated. That's not the Isle of Luna. Zelfry probably knows what's going on. This is where uh, other things have happened. So, but at the end of the day, it's Ruma's ship. Ruma's going to do what Ruma's going to do. So they finally get to the Isle of Luna. And Ruma and Zelfry are, are the ones that are, are going to depart. And, and they get there right around sunset. And they're going to go get the apothecary on the aisle so that way they can actually, you know, help help Hexa out so that way she's feeling better. And they are told to wait until dawn. Granted, we don't know what time of year it is, the summer solstice, your winter solstice. You know, that sort of thing, whether it's the equinox or not. But, like, let's just assume e- around equinox time. So, there, there's equal parts day and you know, night. That's still a lot of time to just be sitting on the boat, waiting. So, after a few hours, Volk and crew, again, they they don't want to wait for Dawn to come. So, they, they decide that they're just going to leave the ship. Which is probably the best idea, anyways. So... The crew kind of like, hey, what you doing? As they are getting ready to depart the ship, they do have to get on a dinghy in order to get to the Isle of Luna since it doesn't have a port big enough to take the ship. Now, one other problem they have to figure out is Decimus. Decimus is literally circling the ship. So, like, there's no way of getting away from the ship without Decimus knowing. And again, water element. Like, this this thing is meant for the water. It lives in the water. So you ain't taking it on in the water. So, Ilya actually comes up with a great plan and decides that Nicolin and Ilya are going to essentially work as a bait, a lure, so that Decimus can chase after them, gives everybody else a chance to get away in the dinghy, and everybody gets, gets to the aisle safe. So they do finally get to the aisle, and... They, they kind of forget about Ilya. Once they get, like, in, from the dinghy into the, onto the aisle, they forget about Ilya. So they go up to the town and take a look, see what's going on. And the entire town is decimated. And it's been decimated for years. But the only thing that is currently working is the lighthouse. So that's kind of an odd thing to have working, but, you know, it is what it is. Luther is like, all right, Volk, we're, we're at that time where we need to emerge. We're either going to live or die together. So Volk and Luther finally emerge for the first time in total. And Volk is actually astonished by, about Luther's ability to see in the dark. Again, Luther is shadows. He, he commands shadows. So this, this creature makes sense to be able to see in the dark. Like it's daytime. And this is how Luther sees all the time. And later on, we will see that this may become a, a an ability for Volk. So 
Volk also realizes that he actually is able to move faster and he feels stronger in uh, while the, he's merged with Luther, which is great. But it does take some toll on Volk. So about this time, and and it, like about this time is when everybody's like, "Oh crap! Wait, where did Ilya go? Is she okay? Is she make it? Is Decimus chewing on her? Going nom nom? Like, what's we should probably at least have somebody go back to check." And Volk feeling like he's the one that needs to be in charge, or not necessarily needs to be, but has taken charge, goes back to check on Ilya, make sure she's okay, along with Nicolin. So he finds them, they're okay, all is good, so we're not concerned about them anymore. So they get back up to the town, and, and again, everything's destroyed. It's been like this for years. I thought there's supposed to be an apothecary on this aisle, but but there's not. There's nobody. And everything's destroyed in this place, so why would there be? And again, there's this really weird lighthouse that's working, oddly enough, but okay. So, where's also, where's Ruma and Zelfri? Like, they, they said they were going into town. They, they went here. Where they, where else would they go? So, they, they, they finally meander towards the, the cathedral that's at the end of the row. And this is where Ruma and Akantha actually got married. And Volk knows this. He's He recognizes the stained glass that Ruma has in the master's, uh, the master's common area in the uh, guild house. So they're standing outside the door to the cathedral. It's, it's slightly open, so it's not necessarily closed, but not flung out wide open. And they can hear somebody starting to say something, but they can't quite hear it. And, and actually, this is where Zaxxus kind of puts up a little bit more of a show of bravery here and pushes the door open. It makes all all the noise that you could possibly think of. And he sees Acantha on the floor in the front. And she is practically a zombie. Like, this is how you make zombies. We don't want zombies. We don't need to make zombies. So just chill out with the zombie part, okay? So then, of course, Ruma shows up because she's calling up for Gregory. And and Ruma basically kind of, you know, does his evil evil villain monologue part here where he discusses how he killed the last two Arcanists, the Phoenix Arcanists from the Isle of Ruma. He killed them 10 years ago because they, and they did join the, the Frith Guild. So unfortunately he blames Zelfry. And, and I think this is what leads a lot of the problem that Zelfry has as far as his drinking goes or just in general. Zelfry is so shocked and I would say PTSD. He, you know, he's, he's got that, that difficulty with his, with his uh, new apprentices because of the fact that he lost those apprentices before he clearly, he doesn't want it to happen again, which is why he really didn't want to take Volk, Ilya and Adelgis here, but he also didn't want Zaxxus, Addy or Hexa going either because he knew that if they go, probably not going to come back, especially with them being Phoenix Arcanus. So this is kind of a, a really big show to, to Zelfry's character. He's, he's always trying to do good. He's always trying to 
you know, make sure that he's protecting his Arcanus, but he also carries a lot of of guilt on his shoulders along with it. And again, that's, that's pretty apparent with his drinking problem. So hopefully he can work through it. I don't want to say get through it or anything like that. He, hopefully he can work through it in the future and not to be as bad. And so Luthier doesn't, Luthier doesn't have that many quotes in, in at least the first couple books. So anytime he does have a quote, I, I really enjoy it, whether it's a snarky remark or whether it's him being, you know, Luther in, in that nightmare esque way of just sounding like a knight. So Luther, and I'm, again, I'm going to quote this. Luther says he's a fiend of the highest order, a man who thinks he's doing justice when in reality he's destroying everything he touches. There could be no mercy here. That sent chills down my spine. It sends chills down my spine every time I read that because that is just exactly what is needed to be said at this point in time. So as Rune was talking, Falvala, the the phoenix that Acantha had originally bonded to, comes down from the lighthouse and we we figure out that the lighthouse isn't lit because of you know, it's not lit because of somebody tending to the lighthouse. It's lit because there's a phoenix in there. But this isn't any just normal phoenix. This is a plague-ridden phoenix. And it is beyond just the maniacal laughing phase of going through transformation. This phoenix has consumed so much magic that it has grown two sets of wings. So it now has six. It has two that are its normal wings and four that are just not not even something that I really want to describe in this. Like it, it's just disgusting, absolutely disgusting. So this is where we, we really get to see the, the long-term effects of the arcane plague, because typically speaking with the arcane plague, we know that it's, it's something that can happen quickly and take over the, the mystical creatures quickly. But it also kind of makes that like, okay, we got to, we got to kill him quickly too, just to get this done and over with. So Falvala is, is one of those, you actually get to see the long-term effects of the arcane plague. And this is not good at all. Ruba is convinced that the more magic that Falvala consumes, the healthier his wife will get and Apparently not turn to a zombie or turn out of a zombie. Do you turn out of a zombie? I thought like once you turned into one, you just, that's it. There's no coming back to it. So, so he thinks by feeding more and more magic and making this Phoenix turn into its quote unquote true form that he'll be able to like officially bring a Cantha back. And I've great. I've never lost anybody, you know, loved one that close to myself, but that's a bit extreme, uh, honestly. And especially cause the way what they believe in is when couples die, you know, they meet up in the afterlife, whatever the afterlife is for them. So it's not like, it's not like Ruma would never see her again. 
he he could make a choice to not be you know unalive himself or you know just continue living life finding some maybe finding somebody else because again we don't really know how long these these arcanists actually live for so again it could be forever could be until they their elderin dies somehow or they somehow get killed on accident and but realistically they never die but this from what Addy had mentioned earlier on in the book about true form phoenixes this is not sounding like a true form phoenix especially if this is what has to happen in order for it to become true form this is not something that we want really so so the six apprentices start fighting against ruma and as expected you know ruma knows all their movesets he knows how they're gonna fight they actually do a better job at taking themselves out than what ruma would have to do anyways so he's really not having to put a lot of effort into this fight and Volk actually almost gets hit by lightning and Luther actually, Luther turns out of the way just in time, you know, cause they're still merged. So Luther is the one that took the brunt of the, the lightning strike and it does quite a lot of damage to Luther, but they're still alive and going. So I like this, this part where, you know, Luther saves Volk, not because Luther needs to, you know, win against Ruma so he could be, avenge his previous Arcanist death. But I think this is where Luther is really showing that he cares for Volk. He's starting to truly bond with Volk and, and get closer to Volk. So I, I see that this is where um, they're, they're really coming together. Chapter 28. I, I actually swear to God that when I was reading this part of the book, that as they're fighting with, um, as they're fighting with Ruma, I can hear organ music playing in the background, like straight up walking into the final room at the top of the tower. When Link takes on Ganondorf in Ocarina of Time and Zelda gets put in the crystal or and and taken away. Like, honest to God, this is what I picture how this, this fight was going. And Ruma is just, throwing everything he can so Zelfry is still alive thankfully and he starts to fight ruma now Zelfry is hurt so he he's not able to use one hand or one arm even and Zelfry ended up turning traces into leviathan now decimus is corrupted by this arcane plague he's got eyes all over the place again maybe this is probably where i'm getting the whole legend of zelda vibe because that that's kind of like Legend of Zelda's mantra is eyeballs are the weakness. Granted, Adele just shoots some light, you know, shoots light light beams into Adele, the the eyeballs on Decimus, but doesn't really do anything because you know it's a huge Leviathan. One eye is probably out of a hundred are probably not going to do do much damage or inflict much pain. So as Traces and Decimus are fighting, they're destroying the rest of this town. And granted, it's already destroyed pretty much, but still destroying it. The cathedral is completely destroyed now, thanks to Traces. 
and Ruma and Zelfri are fighting. Zelfri can't get the upper hand because of his hit injury to his arm. And rather than just sitting there hiding or trying to get out of the way or just accepting that they can't do anything or he can't do anything, Volk actually starts to run towards the danger. This is where we see his character really starting to come out as as a very morally just and very honorable person. And again, going back to talking about the nightmare, this is Volk. He is coming true to his Eldrin and having his soul aligning towards Luther. So Volk fights and instead of trying to fight against Ruma and getting in the way of Zelfri, Volk actually does a really smart tactical thing. So instead of Volk getting basically going, getting between Ruma and Zelfri and causing more problem than he can solve, he actually goes after Falvala. So he decides instead of trying to kill Ruma, who's the biggest threat, he goes for the least threat, which is Acantha. If he takes out Acantha, then Ruma has really no reason to be fighting. So by Volk going after Falvala, he he can actually take out Acantha without getting closer, without getting anywhere near Zelfri or Ruma's fight, staying out of the way of everything else. And so he, he gives Falvala a good good hit with the terror magic, which which basically stuns it and it enables it to not be able to move. Then he you know, he's able to get the finishing blow on Falvala, killing Akantha and basically destroying Ruma's will to live anymore. And essentially that's what it is. It's his will to live. So unfortunately Zelfri has to do the, the one thing that he doesn't want to. And, you know, he has to put his friend down and, you know, it, it is sad. You know, it, it is sad that he had to do that. He had to get rid of his, you know, unalive his friend. So, but it had to be done. Ruma proved that he was not a logical person and could not be a logical person. So, After Ruma is taken care of, they make it back to the guild manor and uh, we, we kind of fast forward a week or so. That way they could get some R&R, get, some, uh, get cleaned up, healed up. And Guildmaster Eventide actually pulls Master Zelfri, all six apprentices, and the master in charge of the library all into the map room to discuss kind of what's next. And they all agree that it would be an absolute shame for those three Arcanists that Ruma was apprenticing would have to be let go because of the fact that Ruma is no longer here. And and before she gets into that too much, she even you know, she actually gives him a really nice pat on the back. And, and I'm going to quote her. She says, you confronted destiny head on. And for that, I commend you. That may be a small line. But coming from the guildmaster of the guild, that is a huge statement for them. And they are never going to forget that. They're always going to remember that she said that. She's, she's acknowledging that they're young and they did a very good job. 
at what they did. They may not have taken Ruma out. They may not have done everything, but for what they did do, she's applauded for. So with the other three Arcanists, Zelfry is basically asked, hey, do you want to take on these three Arcanists? And Zelfry's like, well, let me think about it. And Guildmaster Eventide's like, this psych, you're going to get them all. Anyways, I don't care. So Zelfry is now not only stuck with the three he already had, but he's getting an additional three. So now he's got six. On the plus side, it makes things a little bit easier because Guildmaster Eventide was actually working towards forming a special task force towards fighting the Arcane Plague since these these Arcanists specifically have had such a, a run into it and know what to expect out of it. They are now going to be the ones specifically tasked to get to go out and try to, to destroy it. Um, one last thing I'd like to mention is before the, the end of this book and end of this, uh, this season is Volk has truly avenged Mathis and again this is this isn't just a, oh he did it you know he got to the end and you know be avenged Mathis his killer this is something that's going to allow Volk and Luther to move on and to allow Luther to be able to become closer to Volk and to make things easier for Volk in the future for you know using his magic using his evocation all that all right, and that concludes the Nightmare Arcanist book. It's the first one of eight in the Frith Chronicles series by Shaming Stovall. I highly encourage you guys to continue listening as we will be getting into Dread Pirate Arcanist here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I do want to remind you that next week, instead of the normal book episode, we are going to be doing our interview with Shaming Stovall. And we will have her on, and I am so excited to talk to her. Um, I'm so thankful for everybody's support in this, and I am so happy that things are going so well, that people are enjoying it. Please, if you can, please give me a review on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. I know that not necessarily all of them can leave comments, but you uh, should be able to review it. And I can't tell you enough how much those reviews mean, not necessarily just to the algorithm, but to me, honestly. I, looking back you know, about a month and a half ago when I started this series, started doing this podcast, I don't think I really knew what I was getting into, but I am more than happy that I've, I've done this and am continuing to do this, and I'm excited to keep going. Uh, as always, I... Yeah, I'm still looking for a co-host. If anybody would be looking to just interview and sit down and talk about the Frith Guild or the, the Frith Chronicles series in general, please reach out to me at my email, which is the Frith Guild podcast or just frithguildpod at gmail.com. You can find me on Podbean, Google Play, Apple, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much any other podcasting platform out there, Spotify on there. Um, I will be uploading things to YouTube shortly with the, uh, after the studio or after my interview with Sharon Stovall. So be on the lookout there. 
And I'm also linking all my Instagram, my TikTok, all the other social media platforms that I have for this group uh, in my Podbean, which is where my main website is located at. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to me, please feel free to on, on Facebook or on at my email. And we will look forward to next week's interview with Shami Stowell and, and, and then starting Dread Pirate Arcanist. Thank you for listening.